0: What's going on, guys? And welcome into the sixth episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. Hope everybody loved our opening song, the great fight song of Southern Illinois. We've been listening to it our whole lives. And for that, I am Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, what's
1: going on, man? Back again. Some great news to sh- talk about and share with you guys and discuss. And got some other things to discuss as well and ready to get into it. That's right, and if anyone listened to our
0: previous one, we mentioned in a mailbag of uh, Nick Hill's uh, potential extension that we know he deserves, and that is what is developing in the last day, according to Southern Illinois and Todd Hefferman, that Nick Hill will be getting an extension that was confirmed yesterday at the SIU Board of Trustees meeting. Noah, what else you got on this?
1: Yeah, um... During a Zoom call, Zoom board meeting, uh, Lane told the board finance committee that Hill has put the university football program on, football program on path for success. After three, uh, Lane said after three rebuilding seasons, he has put together two winning seasons that have included being ranked nationally and making the playoffs for the first time since '09. Uh, this is Austin
0: Lane, by the way. That yes, the
1: sorry. Uh, the increase will be paid. With SIU Foundation donations raised to support the football program, he explained. Despite the higher salary, Hill's annual pay will still rank among the lowest of Missouri Valley Football Conference, according to the report by Springfield, Missouri newsletter. Northern Iowa head coach, head football coach Mark Farley, earns 430,000 annually to lead all football coaches. Um, I had a source today that hasn't been really on. Made official yet, but I was told it was in the ballpark of around two hundred thousand, and maybe an extension through twenty
0: twenty five. Great news, because as we know, um, as as we mentioned before, Nick doesn't really. I mean, that's that's a lot of money, and uh, you know, it's enough to obviously, you know, keep building his family off of, and obvious, you know, all that stuff. But we know that he'll he'll do it for. Way less than that. That's how much he loves it. That's how much he loves everything about the area and the community, as we've talked about. So he'll do it. He'd do it for less money. So that doesn't really matter to him, even though we think that, as fans, we think, yeah, he deserves all the money possible that they're willing to give him. And I guess this is it. Because then it used to be 100000 right, years ago-ish. 105, maybe I first
1: give the exact number. So now
0: around 200,000, and as you mentioned, it's half of what the leader in the Missouri Valley, Northern Iowa's coach makes. So in the end, it doesn't really matter. We just know that he's locked up, which is what we've wanted, Um, and we'll get to here in a little bit. He's he's getting more guys in here, more recruits to commit. He's getting more offers for quality talent to build on this program. We'll get to that shortly. He just keeps he just day by day he keeps showing why we're 100% on the rise. And you said, Austin Lane mentioned that the first couple of years was were rough, but now the, these last two winning seasons shown that they're in the right direction. So, I mean, this is great. It's ironic that we just had been talking about it, and now it's kind of fruition about two months before the season, no, right before our SEMO game that you and I will be attending.
1: That is correct. Uh, this is really good, but uh, now with the bump in the pay, I just – it really uh really shows that now that people need to be coming to these games and showing the support because we've had half full stadiums for the last so many years and hopefully if we can start the students start showing up and we can get a good foundation that not only nick hill got the raise but assistant coaches as well and uh Really good to see that Nick very deserves this extension and a raise because he has this football program and going in the right direction for success and really glad to see it. That's right. I think, honestly,
0: right now we're at the peak of what we want it to be. You know, we locked up our great head coach, and I think the two assistants coming in will make a huge difference. You know, granted, it is kind of late, as he mentioned last week in his interview that you don't really find coaches like this, this late into June and into July. So, but we're obviously thinking that these guys will come in and put in the work right away on short notice per se with two months left and two months to go before the season. Um So, yeah, like I said, I think this is probably peak of what we, because like, so we know, because we'll get to um, a death chart potentially that was asked of us to maybe fill out who we think is going to start. In two months, uh, we'll get to that. Um, so uh, everything with uh, Nick Hill is absolutely fantastic right now. So we're really glad that th- this managed to happen. Uh, so we'll get into everything else here in a little bit. Uh, Noah, now, as we mentioned, that he's still bringing in guys. We have a new 2022 guy to talk about. New commit.
1: That is correct. Uh, Brian Brown. He is a he's a quarterback slash defensive back from Luther North High high School in St. Louis, Missouri. It was on the 14th, two days ago, he decided to commit to SIU, so uh, really good to see that we got a great playmaker to add to whether he plays offense or defense. Depending on what they decide to do with him, if we add, I know a lot of Read a lot of good things about playing quarterback for him. So he was a big, big-time prospect out of the St. Louis area. So if we can continue, I know that's a main recruiting area for us. If we can keep that right of our basically our backyard, we can get guys from there. It'd be really good. That's right,
0: especially because even his profile picture, he looks like a mobile quarterback. Um, so I mean, that's huge. We don't have many of those. We we get to see what some of these guys coming in you know, the freshmen or the transfers have to offer in that in that aspect. But um, as we mentioned before, you know, it's a crowded quarterback room. And, yeah, he's not going to be here for another year, but we don't know what the quarterback room is going to be. You know, the winces and whoever else will be gone, and then you never know. We always talk about people are unhappy and they might leave. You know, we've had five five leaves so far this year, but we're really glad that the guys were bringing in. So, Brian Brown, also defensive back. How tall is he? 6'1". Six one, so that's like perfect size for a defensive back. Um, So he can move. That's plain and simple. So that's good to know for a quarterback, especially because because the quarterback room is so deep. He might honestly, they might convince him perhaps to maybe play more defensive back. I'm not sure. Um, It all obviously all depends how everything plays out. But um, welcome Brian. Welcome to what we're building. We made sure to tweet that about him. We gave him a follow. He did hashtag different breed on his thing, so we're, we're hoping this dude's special. It seems like he is, no way,
1: right? That is correct. All right, getting into some offers we have now. Um, it literally looks like starting this last couple of weeks, we've really started hitting the getting ready, offering 2022 guys and recruiting 2022 guys for next year. Uh First one was uh, Joshua Anderson. He is at a Westminster Christian Academy in Saint Louis. He is also an athlete. He plays offensive line and D tackle. He is huge. He is six five, two eighty five. So if also at the St. Louis area. Yes. Right? Yeah, if we could land a guy like that at that size, more than likely at six five, you don't know, see a lot of those guys on the D line. So he would probably come here as an offensive lineman if I were to guess. So, yeah, because uh, that depth's
0: needed. You know, we, we're bringing in guys, but even if we were to land this kid, that it would just help the
1: depth because we know we're pretty deep at defensive line as well. So depth never hurts. I believe he right now, besides us, he has offers from Alabama State and Eastern Michigan, according to twenty four seven Sports, and looks like. He has visited the University of Michigan already, so or Minnesota. I was gonna say, well, that's big too. So that's his profile pick on twenty four seven sports. Okay. So That is our looks. Well, really looked like from what we've seen, our first twenty twenty two offer of the summer so far. Yeah, there's been a lot of interest, but you're right. This is, I think, the first offer. Uh, then going to uh, Toriano. Superman Tate at a DeKalb High School up in the northern part of the state. He's a also an athlete. He's 6'1", 195. He has offers from North Northern Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota State, Valparaiso, and Holy Cross. Offered him before us. So that is another that's an in-state guy. So if we can keep keep those guys in state, we would really like to see that. Right, he says he was an all-conference offensive MVP and a something
0: that sticks out of four we have 5, 5, yet to watch some of his tape, but again, you know, it speaks for itself. But it did say in one of his tapes that in his only five games as a junior, he had 11 touchdowns as a wide receiver. So here are five games, 11 touchdowns, 700-plus all-purpose yards less than 10 touches a game. So it seems like he's a speedster. Nobody can really touch him. That was actually 27 minutes ago he tweeted his highlights in those five games and listed all those stats. All-conference MVP.
1: That'd be a good get if we could keep him in state. Um, Moving on, we have Brian Brown's high school teammate, his running back, actually, Jalen Carson, a six foot, 190 190-pound running back. He's also... Listed as an athlete as well, I think I saw on Twitter. But he is a three-star. Last fall, he had, he had received offers from uh, Kansas. Then he got received an offer from Iowa State. But usually a guy that's getting those kind of offers, I know it was a COVID year, has more offers to show. But as the year probably goes on, he'll get more offers. But... If we could, since we just got his quarterback, if we could have a connection there and steal a three-star running back from schools like that, that'd be amazing to have. His abilities unreal. I watched some of his tape. That'd be a speed guy. Is he? Yes, he is is a speed guy, which we know. Where we breed these
0: outside of one, which we know who that is. We're we're breeding speed guys right now. Outside of two, maybe. Romer's kind of a mix. He's a short guy. He. He's pretty fast, though. We've seen him burst. Um, yeah, and J-1 did tweet, quote, whenever Brian Brown committed that he said QB1. So that's his guy. So you're right. It'd be nice to get these teammates in here. Let Brian get in here, let him know a little bit, let him know what the coaches are instilling and what they're trying to build with these guys, and maybe he'll convince them. So let's hope that's the case. Alright, Noah, those are some new ones as we know. Football, there's new ones all the time, so we'll keep building with that. Um, Let's talk now, Noah. Recently, because we know what the schedule has been, but Saluki Football, the main account, finally tweeted out what the times will be for all of our home games. As we know, the game at SEMO is around, I think, 6 o'clock-ish, and the same with Kansas State with uh, whatever time that would be. Was that would be Eastern time in Manhattan. Not, or it's still in Central time? It's right. Central time.
1: Eastern, if like I can get my map French. right, if
0: I can get my country map right in my head, yeah, okay. Uh, so those are what they are. And then this first game, first home game against Dayton, it says it is uh, Faith and Family Day, 6 p.m., which that's great news for us, no, as we know. We weren't able to make any, once they allowed you know any fan to go, excuse me, come to this uh, this previous season, we weren't able to make it due to our work schedule. So 6 p.m., that is great news for us uh, to be able to make there and t- live tweet. You know, we've had to live tweet off of radio before. So actually being there, being new again for the first time in over a year since the North Dakota State home loss was the last game we went to, uh, be nice to finally get in there. Uh, Illinois State, that is family weekend, it says, September 25th, 2 o'clock. So this one and then the next one, Homecoming against North Dakota, those games are at 2 o'clock, so we're hoping we can maybe make those. It'll be pushing it for me. Noah might be able to make it, and then we get our revenge at home against Missouri State, Military Appreciation Night. That is a noon game, and then we host Youngstown. Always tough, Youngstown, it seems like, at noon as well for Senior Day to end the season. So it looks like we'll be able to make at least, well, depending on what the other road games are, but the first three home games might be able to make. Definitely the first one, if you in the next two, but still. The fact that they moved those times around for us, finally getting a night game at home. I don't remember the last time we had that. I feel like we should have more of those. But I understand with the whole COVID, they wanted to have day games for sun reasons and all that kind of stuff. All different kinds of reasons. So no, what do you think of that? That is good news that we're able to make these games, right?
1: Yeah, it's good news. I always thought. Uh, I know Nick Hill says he likes the earlier games so he can him and his staff can get home and eat dinner with their families. I know he said that before, but uh, I just I feel like with SIU, it's always for football wise, it's always been an issue solving the what time, game start time situation. Uh, because I know a lot around here, high school football is big. So once we get into high school football seasons, I know some games get pushed back to Saturday. Right. Or once we get to high school football playoff time, those games are on Saturday usually most of the time. Day so games, yeah. that really hurts them. But uh, once we get to late – no, early November, late November, I know they like to push them a little earlier. So more comfortable because of the temperature or whatever it is, how the weather is, but – I always felt like that was a kind of a iffy situation with start time for because sometimes it's harder for people to make those earlier games. But Nikhil likes them, so
0: yeah. I remember him saying that that they would play it uh, very early in the morning or midnight. He said he'd I mean, he'll play at any time. He said before, so um, you can get get your tickets at eight seven seven Saluki's. And you did mention earlier about the fans, getting the fans in, or the students in there. I think that's maybe biggest of all. As we know, the band fills up a lot of the student section, but we haven't seen that place packed in a while. Um, you know, as we know, like the home side is pretty much always filled. It's just the ends, the student section, we, you know, they, they got their away side. But we like to fill up that side as well. The student section, I think, is the biggest one. You know, students have multiple reasons why. They would maybe go to tailgating at games, but never make the game itself. We're hoping that with the recent success that that changes their minds and that gets them off of other things, as we know, what those other things would be, into the stadium to watch a game. Stay
1: the whole game. Because we're thinking we'll be in a lot of close ones, wouldn't you say? So we're we're thinking... My thought always was that the later the game means more time for travel for people, the longer the tailgates, the more time for and it's always great to see football under the lights at saluki stadium so yeah, uh, yeah. that's all and that was always my take and it would make make it easier for us to make it but we will be our best to make every game yeah and the students you know
0: have things they want to do obviously at night if you have a new game, yeah they'll they'll tailgate but i feel like that's still like because they're still mid tailgate by that time you know they have they're aware of what the time, what game, what time the game may start, but they're... You know,
1: if the, if the game's at noon and tailgating starts at 10, most of them are still probably asleep by then, from partying name. the night so, before. So actually, the 2 o'clock
0: games actually might be best for everybody involved. 6 o'clock and then the 2 o'clock for students involved as well. So those are the times for the home games. We're really glad that some of those are, like you said, able for us to get to, and that's all that matters. Uh, so there's that, Noah. Now let's get into... It was announced recently... Uh, Todd tweeted about uh, Kansas State's athletic director. It was by Kellis Robinette, K-State beat writer. He mentioned, interesting COVID note from Kansas State AD Gene Taylor. The Big 12 is not expected to allow teams to postpone or cancel games for any reason this season. If a team loses a bunch of guys to COVID and can't play, that team will have to forfeit. That seems like the proper way to go. I mean, you can't push off weeks. I mean, I know SIU did for a while. SIU didn't play once for almost two or three weeks before Southeast Louisiana, because they obviously, they had a lot of teams just skip that game or cancel that game in general. But I agree, I think they should be able to forfeit, because we didn't get anything from the, from the teams that forfeited against us. So it'd be nice to get a win like that. You can't really control this, as we know, we've known over the last year. You can't control how you get this, especially if it's spread within the entire football program. And it would stink if it does require a loss, obviously. But I think this is what everybody should start doing, Noah. Uh, and that is the entire Big Twelve, he says. So, um, and that's them. I don't know what it's going to be like for us. But what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, that well, we wish. Obviously, if we would have got that last year, we would never played Southeastern Louisiana, well, so we would have qualified. qualified easily. But I mean, I agree with everything you said. It's that should happen around the country. I mean, obviously it's something those. I mean, you you can do whatever you can do to control it. You can separate meals. You can do all the things right. Wear your mask, whatever. If you're not vaccinated, but still, one guy, even though he's vaccinated, might hey, I'm vaccinated. Go out and get it somewhere and contract it right back to the team, and just all oh, that's all it takes. I know some guys say they always say they never know how
0: they get it, you know, whether they're just saying that because they don't want to be specific or they truly don't know. You know They could be anywhere. And like you said, you could wear a mask. and it, it just doesn't matter. This thing is a pain. We're wishing it would just go away. That's the easiest way to put it. So interesting. That is interesting by Gene Taylor, as we've talked about before. Noah, we took off those days and we will be headed to Manhattan, Kansas. We're really excited,
1: aren't we? That is correct. I uh, actually bought the tickets last night. Sitting midfield right behind the Saluki sideline. We'll make sure to be there in maroon and be loud for them dogs. And we'll be live tweeting, as we've mentioned. So especially if
0: you're watching on TV, I think they'll have it on ESPN Plus or something. So if you guys have that, be looking midfield behind uh, the SIU sidelines. We will be there and be proud. Uh, it's a, it is a long drive, as we talked about. You know, we have we have something else we're going to do on that Sunday as well. So we mentioned it's going to be a 17-hour round trip, which there's all there's. We're going to a different game, an NFL game on Sunday. But even before that, you know, we like we enjoy playing disc golf, so we're going to do stuff like that just to, not only just because if we're if we're just driving going to watch an SIU and come home, we want to make the most of the trip involved. So that's a little update on where we stand, and we want to let everybody know that we will be attending. So hopefully other SLU fans will as well, especially the ones that listen to this. And we'll, we'll say it again down the road before the game starts, but if you guys know where we are, we told you where we are, come up to us and introduce yourselves to us. You know, we like fans. I mean, we, we probably think we're bigger than what we are, but, you know, we know we have some fans along in this whole thing with us. So if you want to come up to us, be sure to say hi, because we are always welcome to that. So interesting notes from the Kansas State AD. This is noteworthy because we did mention we were going. Uh, So that's noteworthy in itself. Before we get to another big topic, Noah, let's just come with some little things, some updates on what some of the players are doing. Calvin Francis tweeted a picture of him running on the field with his teammates. So they are doing that. They are keeping their stamina up. He had a quote or a post that captioned, Summer 21 with a fire emoji. So he's pumped. As we know, that is our starting center, and we will get to the depth chart here in a little bit as well. He's doing that. I saw that we'll we'll get to some more of his content in general. But Sam Herder of the FCS, um, he's an FCS analyst or whatever he is for Hero Sports. He does a uh, he does rankings, which we'll get to in a second. But he also does Jersey Countdown, the best player who wears that specific number, and he's counting down in the FCS. And that went to ours. That beyond Hey, Zebian, Big Z. Big Z, is, we've said so many times how important he is, and we can't wait to see in his final season what he will give it. He will definitely give it us all. He will be ready to uh, lead this offensive line because we will have a heavy running attack again this season. Uh, we want to shout out Zebion again. James Caesar quarter that's the best O-line in the country. So we know James is <clears throat> excited. Jalen Bates, who fresh will come in, he said, watch this, whether that means what he's doing for us. Just some noteworthy stuff. Um, Spencer Brown, linebacker coach, tweeted, Rich history in the 618, come join us for our combine camp this Thursday. That was on the 13th. That was yesterday. Yesterday. So they had a a camp, all athletes from any sport welcome over, I guess, at uh, Saluki Stadium they had. So that's noteworthy. We saw that. Uh, Zevion said he's blessed and highly favored for that number 59, uh, Sam Hurd thing for him. So, just some little stuff. All right, no, let's get now into some of the big stuff and some stuff we have some beef with. Um, Sam Herter, as we mentioned, of the Hero Sports, has been doing his position rankings. And uh, there we have some some bone to pick with him and some things, but let's get no, let's let's start out with one that we know. Well, the first one he did, he's only done four positions so far. Let's start with running back his top twenty-five. Uh, best returning FCS running backs. And if anyone were to guess, Noah, we went through the list, and number 12 is...
1: Javon Williams, Jr.
0: As we know, Javon has battled injuries, and we even figured, we were surprised when he was an All-American this past year because he did battle his injuries he missed. I think it was only, what, three games? But he was an All-American, And he's – I wonder what his all-purpose yards since he's been a starter has been. And, you know, it's tough to say because we don't know details. And we'll get to this about every single one. We don't know, you know, exactly how good some of these guys he has above some of these SIU players are, as we know. But um, we like our guy. And if they gave, honestly, if we were as good as we know we can be and he had a full healthy season, I would not put it past Javon with his ability to run – receive and pass if he did it all and did it on one of the best teams in the country that Javon Williams can end up being the offensive player of the year in this whole thing uh so now what do you think about Javon being 12 that seems fair coming off of coming off, you know an all-american season kind of an injury plague season
1: right? yeah kind of injury plague season uh he could obviously if he was healthy probably be a lot higher but yeah, like I was, we discussed, we said a lot of this, uh, I said a lot of this off uh, off our podcast that we were discussing this and about a lot of these uh, rankings that a lot of these guys I don't know a lot about, so I'd hate to, I mean, I know how, how I feel about SIU guys and where they should be or where I think they should be, but this guy knows a lot more than I do, but I still have some disagreements with him. Um Just looking at his rankings, I can – unless you have something to say more about Javon. I was just going to run through the guys that we will see this year that he has on this list. Oh, yeah, go
0: ahead.
1: Uh, Starting at 25, Jaleel McLaughlin from Youngstown State. We will see him this year. Uh, Jake Chisholm, Chisholm Hall from Dayton will be on there. He's 23. 22 is Hunter Luebke from North Dakota State. We will see him this year. Could see a lot more guys in the playoffs this year also, too. But uh, week one, Geno Hess from southeast Missouri. He's number 15. Uh, Number 13, we all know. We know way too much about him. Isaiah Davis, freshman last year from South Dakota State. He ran all over us. Both games. Both both games. So, uh, anyway, we know way too much about him. Uh, Otis Way, North Dakota running back, we know a lot about him, too. Week one. Week one, yeah. Week one, he ran. All over us as well. Then uh, number one is on his list is Pierre Strong Jr. from South Dakota Strait. He probably he'll be league bound after this year, I'd say.
0: Yeah, was he a redshirt? So will he
1: have the three years to? Or how different is it in the FCS? He was a freshman, his, true freshman. That's Isaiah Davis. Right, Pierre Strong. You said great. next year. Okay, Pierre is Strong. Pierre Strong was okay. Getting mixed up because they're they're both so good. So.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, like we said, we don't, we could go into stats for all these guys and you couldn't argue against why some of these are where they are. And as we mentioned, Javon, I would say he's top 10, you know, obviously he's 12th, so it's not too far back. So it's probably a correct, uh, that's not even the biggest beef we have with some of these yet. So we're not going to totally disagree. Well, we talk about Javon, but we could argue that some of our other guys, you know, how good of seasons, we'll have to go back and look at the seasons, Justin Strong and Romero Elliott have, we know. Romero dealt with injuries as well. Justin Strong, if they can make a case for top 25. I mean, I just think he, he knows who our best player is or best running back is, so he's the only one that's in here. He's got to take into account more of these guys. But in the end, I guess this isn't the one. There's this one and another one we're not too upset with, I guess. So Javon at number 12 and his top 25 returning running backs in the FCS. The one though that we do have the most beef with, and it's not even this one, though. As we know that his top wide receivers, number four land on the list is who? Avante Cox. The great Avante Cox. He had an eight hundred and thirty-eight yard season with five touchdowns. This past. He had he rushed for two hundred and thirty eight yards, from one touchdown. So he's getting the notoriety and the attention that he deserves being fourth on this list, which is pretty incredible. As we know, Jacob Hur is of uh VMI and Jaquez Azard from Sam Houston are really top-notch, probably league-bound talent. So seeing Avante at number four is pretty special. We can't disagree with that one bit. Second-team All-NBC selection, he had 40-second catches for 617 yards and five touchdowns. That was 2019. This year, he broke off, became an All-American. He also averaged 10 yards carry. 5'10", 170 pounds. That uh, just shows it. Soaking weigh. that's what he is. He's just a speed demon right now.
1: That is correct. He's a do-it-all wide receiver. If you want to hand it off to him, if you want to throw a screen to him, if you want to throw a, a deep ball to him, he does it all.
0: Definitely. He catches almost everything. He was uh, named a four All-American first team. So a guy that had came off a season like that, you can't argue, especially in the top five. We knew he was obviously going to make this list. But no, as we know, his... His partner in crime, a dude who's on the fringe of breaking records here at SIU and that he will in this fall season if he stays healthy, somehow Landon Lenore did not make this list. And I honestly do not understand how Landon came off. He had an 800, almost 900-yard teammate, but he himself, he started all 10 games. He only caught two less passes than Avante did. Avante was used more in the running game, as we've said. He was 10 yards shy of 600 yards. And if you go through some of these other guys, I'm not sure what their total yards were. And if they beat that, I'm sure maybe a lot of them do. But then especially, as I mentioned, and you can rattle off this as you like, but even though we don't know how good this guy was in the past, a dude who, some players who didn't even play in this COVID year in 2020, I'm sure for different reasons, some of these dudes made the list over Landon who's played. He played in every single game. And actually his team was able to play And he put up almost 600 yards, 13 yards a catch, four touchdowns. Uh, He didn't rush much four times for 33 yards. Had at least one catch in every single game. Season-high seven catches for 128 yards versus the game that made or break us even getting to the playoffs, the Southeast Louisiana game. He went off that game, made some huge catches, and he had six catches for 129 yards in the touchdown in the playoff game at at South Dakota State, which is arguably the hardest place to play this year. Outside of the Fargo Dome. I mean, I don't think there shouldn't be much else to say. I mean, this dude's been consistent his whole career. Yeah, Vontae Cox being as good as he became has, you know, kind of put a shadow over Landon. But, no, what do you think about this? It's got me heated.
1: Uh, it's got you heated. And uh, I can took att- I like not, I think Landon is great. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I was telling you earlier that I have. I know n- nothing about these guys on the list and uh, not going to question if any of them opt out. I don't know the reason, but I do know that I was reading the comments and somebody was asking about somebody else that was left off the list and Sam Herter replied back and said, True, true, there are about 15 notable names not on here that have a argument. So I assume Landon is one of those 15 names that was left off. I know it's got you heated but I am not going to question because I know that Landon doesn't care about it, so he's going to get his mind right for the season, and he's going to prove this dude wrong. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we look at it, we look top to
0: bottom, is there's probably one who do we name. Monmouth has two guys on here, number nine and number 18. Those are the only teammates in the F- FCS that are on here. But, you know, with numbers – I'm Finding two guys on the same team that have at least 600 yards or more each season, that to me proves that they are one of, if not the best duo in the FCS. They proved that the S.L.U. had the highest, highest powered offense this past season or top two highest powered offense this season. And, I mean, Lane, or Lane was a huge part of that. You know, we like we said, he's, he's about to break records here. We think he's got pro aspirations. You can't go wrong with him or Avante. We know they'll catch anything that's their way as long as they stay healthy. And we have consistent quarterback play. I'd say they're both top 10, top 15. And we know, yeah, Vontae's rightfully at number four. Landon, I think, is top 10, top 15. But like we said, we don't know about these other guys. Like I said, there's guys on here that didn't even play this past season. You can't not put a dude on here that actually did play in all 10 games and put up almost 600 yards. So in a COVID year, like I said, some of these guys probably didn't play because COVID year, their teams didn't play or something or opted out. Cancel games, so on and so forth. So it does have me a little heated, just because because it's kind of blatant that he should be on here. But I don't think this. They'll see. I, they'll see exactly. And I don't think you know these lists totally. You said Landon probably doesn't care. He'll just show them. But I don't think this list makes or break anything. It's just that some it, every list is opinionated. So I mean, we're not we're going to
1: rightfully respect his opinion on this one. That's yeah. just the one we probably at the least. Uh, Doing, doing what we did with the last list, looking at the guys we'll see this year, there's not a lot to, that we'll see besides Christian Watson from North Dakota State. unless We see in the playoffs Isaiah Weston from Northern Iowa. And those are the only other two guys that are on our schedule. So besides playoffs, there's not a lot of top wide receivers, according to him, that we'll see this year on our schedule.
0: So, yeah, it's a shame. I, I would like to see those guys. We, we want to play the best, obviously. Yeah, as you mentioned, be...
1: Monmouth has two, and I believe Central Arkansas has two as okay. well. So, but like I said, he left off 15 names. I have an argument. I'm sure Landon Lenore is one of them. And possibly Jerron Rollins is another one.
0: Yeah, as we know, Jerron didn't really – feel like there was semi-high expectations going into this year on how he was going to be uh, impactful, but – he didn't. As long as he was impactful, like he was at the end of the season, as we know he was. That's all that mattered. Uh, yeah, I, I would say because he hasn't sustained like consistency of good numbers per se. I, I wouldn't. Say, I'd say it's right that he's not on here. But you can make a case for a lot of people. So, so moving on to another position, he's only got four. We'll get to the last two here. Even though on my sheet it's not saying, I can't click on the linebackers. Now, can yours click on? The I do have the linebackers.
1: Um.
0: We'll go ahead and say that there are no SIU players yeah, on this list. There
1: are no. They He left off Bryson Strong, through here real Bryce Notree. Let's, let's find both these guys
0: and uh, some of their stats and what the uh, the SIU account has for what their stats were the season. To refresh our memory, I know what Bryson Strong is. Actually, I read them. I'll go over them here in a second. Here's Bryson Notree. Started all 10 games. Honorable mention, all Missouri Valley Football Conference. Second on the team in tackles, 63. Behind Justin or Bryson Strong, he had 72, I believe. And no tree recorded at least three stops in every game. Had eight tackles at Missouri State, which was a huge game we lost, but it was really close, including a tackle for loss that resulted in a safety. Had eight tackles for South Dakota and recovered a fumble. Had eight tackles in the playoff game at Weaver State. If you get almost 10 tackles in a game, I don't care what you are, that means you're all over the field. And he almost had that. We know Bryce is really, really important in what we're building here. He didn't make the list somehow, which is another blast for me. But let's know now go to Bryson Strong. As we know, we, we've known Bryson for a long time. He's from Belleville, Altoff. We remember him playing basketball, hard-nosed basketball player and obviously football player. Played basketball against him. Played basketball against him. He was hard-nosed as you can get, and he's turned out to be – If he he has a couple more good seasons here as only being a junior with the COVID year, he could end up being one of the best linebackers to ever come through SIU. He started all 10 games as well this past season. So all these guys we've mentioned are really durable. They're managing to play in all these games, especially COVID. They're staying away from COVID. and I know that's a lucky thing almost it seems like, but he was named second team all Missouri Valley, led the team with 72 tackles and had eight or more tackles in six of those 10 games. Recorded a season-high 11 tackles at Missouri State. So those guys, those two were flying around that game. Unfortunately, we couldn't come away with the win, uh, which, as we know, the defense, you know, as a whole didn't really. They were gassed at certain points, and, you know, they they honestly are a big reason why we lost some of these games. But those two showed out. He had a tackle for loss and a forced fumble in that game as well. And he had sacks in back-to-back games at Youngstown State and for Northern Iowa. Um, so for a linebacker getting a couple sacks, that's notable as well. We don't know what the stats are for everybody else on that list, but
1: I can just run through a couple sure. here. But those two are missing. The, sure. the number one guy in just four games in the spring had 54 tackles and four and a half tackles for loss and two sacks. In what's cool? He went Idaho Trey Walker is his name. in 2019 he had he led the team in 138 tackles and nine tackles for loss. In four games. In four games, he had 54 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, of two sacks.
0: I'd say no one's arguing with that, right there.
1: Then the second guy is Will Eubanks, the third from the Citadel. He he played four games in the 2020, 2020, 2021, highlighted by a nine tackle performance at Clemson. Oh, it's Trevor Lawrence, eh? That is correct. So, wow. But uh, this run. Obviously, our guys. We know probably deserve. I'm not sure how. They sustained it. Yeah, they're sustained. I don't know. A lot of the other these guys is numbers. Other than those top five, he shows the top five stats, but they deserve to be somewhere here on the top 25. I'm not. But uh, just to run through who we'll see this year on our schedule, the number four ranked linebacker Logan Backus from South Dakota State, we know well. Oh, yeah. So uh he's everywhere. He is number four on this guy's list. Um Bryce Flater from Northern Iowa. We will see this year. And they have two on the list. Spencer Cov or Northern Iowa. So they have two on the list from Northern Iowa, so they have a great looks like they have a great linebacking duo that we will see this year. I know North, last in the spring season, Northern Iowa lost their linebacker like in week one, so he's our top linebacker. It might be the I'm not sure his name. It might be one of those two, I I assume. So definitely think at least one of our guys should be in the top 25, if not both. And maybe there's a couple other linebackers that we have that show out for us when needed.
0: Just that 25 is a big number, and I know this guy Quite based it off of the big names, guys that either didn't play or only played in four games, like you just say, like those guys, I guess, do. But especially if you don't play, you can't, especially in preseason. This is a guy's preseason rankings. You can't have them over guys that have played every game and been there, done that. And he put up numbers themselves. You know, almost, you know, Price and Strong almost put up, he was 28 tackles away from 100. And that's pretty notable to me. I mean, I don't know how many have done that. Like I said, I mean, especially in the Missouri Valley, these guys are. All Missouri Valley guys. And Missouri Valley's the best conference. It's the SCC of the FCS. So, I mean, just a little strange. You know, his, his besides the heat that he might be taking from people, if that's what you call it, if he even had to make a different list or right before the season list, he might end up changing his mind. So there's linebacker Noah. Let's quickly get to quarterback. As we know, we're not surprised to see not an SIU guy on here. Although you can make a case, I guess, Stone – for what he did this past season, I'll read off uh little what his accolades this past season were. As we know, he was starting the season third string. With the injury to Cray Lyles and the injury to Nick Baker, Stone stepped in and led us as far as he did. Like I said, if anything, he would be maybe 25 or 20 to 25 range because, I mean, there are 25 teams, correct? I mean, he, there's no way he has – I can't view the list again. There's no way he has backups. On that roster. There's no way he's got two guys in the same team, right, on there. I believe he
1: does. Yep, he does. What are the teams? Jacksonville State. Okay. Zarek Cooper is 8, and Zion Webb, who filled in in the playoff game, was is 22. Who, okay, is, who does Delaware have? Delaware's quarterback got hurt. Who stepped
0: in for him? Nolan Henderson. He's the one who stepped in or the one that got hurt? I do not. I assume that's the guy that got hurt. Like we said, if we would be South Dakota – State, we would have faced a quarterback list Delaware. You never want to beat teams that are not at their best, obviously, but that would have been a great chance for us to get to the national title
1: game. I will go against this guy's list, though. Okay. Cole Kelly at three, Southeastern Louisiana quarterback. He's the reigning Walter Payton Player of the Year award winner and two-time All-American. Well, South Dakota State's quarterback number one, correct? No, he's on and on the list. He got hurt. He's the Missouri Valley Player of the Year, and he's on the list. Mark Ganowski. Yeah. First one of the year. He's not there? He's not on the list. How does that make any sense? But someone did comment and said, wonder where Mark Gronowski would be if he was healthy. The guy said, hmm, top 10 probably. I'm sorry. Wait, not healthy. How did he win the award if he wasn't healthy? Did
0: he, when did he get hurt? In the playoffs. Playoffs. Well, you got to base off a of dude of what he did all season. Not getting hurt. I guess he's going into this. the game left.
1: This guy got hurt in the spring, so he's probably out this year if he's in not I think... I think it was the championship game he tore his ACL or something. Like okay. that so, serious injury I remember what seeing happen, reading about it. So this he's probably out this year. Interesting. Looking That's at the much, But South Dakota State's like what you would expect
0: North Dakota State to be just a revolving door. And we mentioned our revolving door was kind of a uh, definitely a three way thing. Uh, so Stone came in and did what he did, like I said, he could be twenty twenty five. But that is mind blowing that the player of the year isn't on their injury or not. I mean, He'll, I he'll be out him. this year most likely, So, but still. Okay, if we're basing it off of the fact that he's
1: it's going, going into
0: the season, that just even shows that we should have more guys on here. I don't know. I think Sam Herder probably would have been better off not making this, these lists at all. Just to go
1: through the quarterbacks who are on our schedule. Real quick, uh, Jared J- – no, Jack Cook. I'm gonna say Jared Cook five of your Chargers. Jack Cook of Dayton is number 19 on here. Dayton. Um, Hope he's ready to
0: for that atmosphere. That's it. That's fine. I mean, we're not against that. Like I mean, but like I said, that's what shows. Which is weird. SIU has been deemed a top five team in the whole FCS. And it's crazy that they don't even have a quarterback that's on this list. That's baffling. As we know, it's not surprising. Stone is a different player than a lot of these guys that would meet the eye of who's good and who's not good. But he's clutch. We know that. He should have made this list at least 20-25. No backup should make it over a starter who on a team who's projected top five in the whole FCS. you agree with that? I agree. Yeah.
1: So let me go through Stone's season real fast. But do we know for a fact Stone's our quarterback? We say he is, but as we've seen last year, he was unable to win a competition battle for the backup job with Nick Baker.
0: Yeah, he might not be a
1: practice. And guy. we have two high-level guys coming in as transfer. And as Hill says, transfers do not come here to sit. You're right. I,
0: whenever we, in his interview, when he mentioned the most impactful transfers, he mentioned guys that were only going to be here for one season. Those are the guys, I think, that are definitely not sitting. The guys who are here for the one season. A lot of, a lot of guys have a lot of time, but I get what you're saying, 100%. Uh, just for what he did, I don't I don't see stuff. We'll get to the depth chart here in a second. Uh, so let's get to – you have something else real fast?
1: I have uh, – three days ago, Sam Herter posted his preseason top 25 SCS ballot. Did you see this? No. Uh, I'll just start at twenty five. He has Nichols at twenty five. He has Florida A and M at twenty four. Chattanooga at twenty three. Jacksonville State, who has two quarterbacks on the top twenty five at twenty two. Missouri that State sounds like a guy needs a transfer.
0: Unless I don't know how old the starter is, but get out of there. If you're that if you're that good.
1: Sorry. Zarek Go Cooper is back from injury. He has an NFL draft prospect, he says, so Zion Webb's the one that filled in last year for him once Zarek went down. Okay. Twenty-one was Missouri State, so that is one Missouri Valley team out of wow, the I list. I like that's a little low.
0: They, we were the last team in the playoffs. They squeaked in ahead of us because they beat us.
1: My thinking is just starting at twenty-five. If Missouri State's at twenty-one, that leaves off teams like Northern Iowa, Youngstown State, Illinois State. We know who are usually pretty decent, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I forgot. Go ahead. I'll think of it here in a second.
1: What Twenty, 20 at is Sacramento State. Nineteen is Villanova. Eighteen is perennial powerhouse Eastern Washington. Seventeen they have
0: the reigning accordian hand and I want quarterback.
1: That's yep. Uh, Seventeen is Austin P. At, at the OVC, we usually have them on our schedule. So not we can say
0: know, we on this list, too, right? Cino's not on this list. Not on his list. As no. we said, we'll be wait, awaiting the FCS. Uh, End of July. Okay. We'll be awaiting the FCS preseason top 25 at some point.
1: 16 is Alcorn State. 15 is Cole Kelly in the southeastern Louisiana. Coming off a decent season. 14, North Carolina A&T, which they're, they have a top running back. Uh, 13 is VMI. 12, there's another Valley team. North Dakota. So they, they waxed
0: us at their place Start the year. We did not have a great second. So,
1: night. coming off a share of the first season of the conference, coming off a share of the Missouri Valley title and reaching the quarterfinals, they have high expectations. Yeah, I say. I,
0: high expectations this year because I know they exceeded expectations this past
1: year. 11 is Central Arkansas, 10 is Monmouth, 9 is Delaware, 8 is Montana State, 7 is Weber State, who we beat. First round. Yep. Here we go. Six, Southern Illinois. He says, people forget SIU held a 20-7 to lead right before the halftime against South Dakota State in the quarterfinals. The Jacks, Don't remind us. The Jacks battled back at 131-26. This was a week after Salukis beat Weber State, one of the better FCS program in the last few seasons. SIU has some, some dudes on offense, but he doesn't put one wide receiver or other – Running back's on his list. If the defense gets back to it, 2019 level, SIU can live up to these high preseason expectations. Five is Montana. Four, North Dakota State. Three, James Madison. Two, South Dakota State. One, St. Houston. Montana.
0: Wow. I haven't seen, off the top of my head, I don't remember Montana where they were ranked on the other rankings that we've seen.
1: They, oh. are, wow. they are a pretty good program as well. But I believe uh, that. He has Han here. Mark Gronowski tore his ACL right away in the national time of game. So, looks like it is a backup start to hear for them. So, he broke it right away in that game, and it was still a close
0: game, right? Yeah, it was still exactly. a close game. Yeah, so, that's impressive. Uh, I think what I was going to say was, we mentioned how, uh, you know, that, yeah, Illinois State, Northern Iowa, or... Uh, who's the other one? Don't remember, but... We knew Youngstown was going to make this list, uh, and the other guys, yeah, after they opted out, they're not going to have a reward. Like, Western Illinois won't touch it as well. We also have a home game against them. or at, or No, we're at Western, right? What? we at Western of home against Western
1: Illinois this year. This year we are at home, I believe. No, we are at Western. Because say, because we were supposed October. to
0: play there, they bailed, and we thought we should have had a home I game. It
1: was our like two-game road trip at Western Illinois, and then South Carolina so
0: yeah, we're not surprised. We say the we say the Missouri Valley is the SEC of the FCS because of those top teams. North Dakota and South Dakota aren't going anywhere. North Dakota's quality, we're quality. So yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a top-heavy kind of deal. Especially, I'm glad that we're now joining that top heaviness, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, rankings can go whichever way. The FCS one will be the one that we look at the most. It's the most important people and most important opinions because, we know, otherwise it's just anyone's opinion on anything. So there, we're obviously going to have disagreements. So we'll, we'll look forward to the FCS.
1: Yeah, uh, Hero Sports, Sam Herder and uh, another guy, both did their own, as I just read, Sam Herder's, but says they formed their – Together they formed a preseason top 25. It says each slot was given a point total and two of the rankings were combined and ordered by total points. That ended up SIU at five. I do not know whether the other guy had his, but uh, he has South Dakota State at three, North Dakota State at four, and SIU at five. And the other Valley schools he has on here is Missouri State ended up at 25 on the to- third together list.
0: As we've mentioned, we know Illinois
1: State's been a quality program
0: and Northern Iowa. We're thinking they'll bounce back and they'll be decent teams this season. Um, I'd say five seems about right. I mean, we proved it, bringing most people back, along with quality transfers, if they all took those deep dives into who the te- who's on the team, five or six sounds about right, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? We're, we're content. Anything lower than that, we're okay with it. Four past top ten wouldn't make any sense, but five to ten seems right. So... Real quickly, because we wanted to mention Stone and right? he deserves to be in the top twenty-five. I wanted to go over his stats because some of these are pretty noteworthy. Real fast, and then we'll get to our uh, depth chart. What we think will be starters. That is according to a Mailbag. That's a Mailbag we had today, right? Or was it just a topic? It was Mailbag. Someone asked that. What about the uh, Sorry, depth chart? Out. The depth chart. Uh, who we think's going to start? At somebody was in a mailbag. No, was a mailbag. Okay, so we'll get to that here shortly. Stone LeBanowitz, he was an honorable mention, Missouri Valley, all, all academic team that's noteworthy on the field, probably, obviously not, but played in seven games and started the final five games of the season, posting a 2 and 3 record. But like we said, a lot of that, you know, defense plays too, and the defense, you know, kind of blew with some games as well. Uh, set a school record by completing 72% of his pass. As we knew that, <clears throat> excuse me, at the time, whose record did he, did he break Joel Samberski's. Or was it Knicks? Might have been someone. I'm not sure exactly. He broke someone's percentage like that. 72%. Eight touchdowns and four picks. A lot of those picks were kind of surprising. You, you recall in some of those games, some of those picks were kind of unwarranted or something. A receiver wasn't looking
1: or something crazy happened. I think it was in Weaver State game, so we wanted it to matter. Exactly.
0: And at that Weaver State, he led us first playoff win in 2000, since 2009 and only the second playoff road win in school history. Completed 20 of 24 passes versus Southeast Louisiana in that barn burner of a game, including 12 straight completions to start the game, and recorded a season-high 328 passing yards. Which, as we know, Stone's not going to throw it totally downfield a lot. It's a lot of dinks and dunks to our speedy guys and our crafty guys, so that's impressive. That just means he's pretty efficient, 20 of 24. And he got at SIU's offense to a school record, 807 total yards against Southeast Louisiana, in which he combined for 375 yards rushing and passing. So pretty noteworthy, especially end of the season for Stone. We thought that it should probably qualify for at least top 20 to top 25 on that list. So now I know moving
1: on to that mailbag. Um, who was that mailbag from again? Um, we had one from, before, from him before. It's uh, Mitchell from Marion again. Mitchell's very active as we know. Uh, you might hear about him in our next
0: basketball one as well. Very active. Really happy that he's been that active, and he mentions, Noah, who we are uh, going to start, what the depth chart is at the very top,
1: and who we think will be the starting 11 on both sides to start the year
0: as we speak right now, correct?
1: That is correct. He'd like to have just a rundown of what we think, and uh, obviously we were getting ready for this and we had some disagreements, but we're going to get through this. So let's
0: let's start on defense. It seems like the some of them, some of those positions are kind of up in the air. Offense seems a lot more stable. Stable, so no us getting out to the back end of the secondary, the safety positions. As we know, a little bit of depth. Not really, but we know we have a ball hawk at free safety. Can we both agree that Clayton Bush will be starting at free safety? Ball
1: hawk. At free safety, I have Quay Brown at free safety. Well, okay, I guess you can make some match. I I, I just figure Quay
0: because I know he'll be at the line of scrimmage more um, and Clayton be more like a center fielder type. So I guess it wouldn't really matter. But we can agree Quay Brown and Clayton Bush are starters, right?
1: I would say yes, that's correct. Okay. Other than the only one that would challenge would be, uh, I believe, Dorian Davis has a chance. He's a transfer coming in from Western Carolina. I know we still have Roger Campbell. He came in last year. Last season from Northwestern. So we have some decent depth there. Not a lot. Also, we still have Jakari Patterson. So we still got some guys, and we have some guys coming in, like C.J. Parsons as a safety. Don't know if he'll doubt he plays right away, but we're going to get in DeMonte Pryor. I know Jeff Jeffrey Wells is still there, and Dre Newman's coming in. So are still there, and Easton Wolf. So we got some guys that are grooming, and we have – Guys, so I'd say Quay Brown and Clayton Bush are your two starters. Yeah, I mean
0: we both agree there. Some noteworthy stuff on those two. Uh, Clayton started all ten games this past. Finished third on the team with forty-five tackles, uh, which, as a safety, you know, it's it's not really surprising. But we know he was active. Had a season-high ten tackles at Youngstown State, which was a lot closer game than we want. That was that the date was that the Nick Baker debut game. He's, well he was in another game, but that was his first start, right? Youngstown State was. Yes, I believe and that's. And I all remember good. he threw a pick or two, but it was his first game, and he was pretty active. That was kind of a crazy game. So, wasn't it a stat too? It was our first win there in a long time or something? Yes, you know,
1: that's a very tough deploy. To play. Right. Had at least two stops in every game
0: this season. Recorded a strip sack versus North Dakota State in the second half, and that uh, butt beating we put on them. Uh, definitely an upset, without a doubt. Uh, had an interception in the opener versus SEMO. I mean, I guess he didn't. I'm thinking of someone else, but he was definitely active this year, especially in the War of the Wheel. Well, hopefully we're expecting him to be more active in this year's War of the Wheel. So Clayton Bush, definitely ball hawk. Really happy to have him. And as we know, it really, he really needs no introduction. Quay Brown's been here a long time, which is it's kind of crazy, Noah, because he was in the transfer portal but a year and a half ago, and we thought he was going to go bigger. I remember UCF was an option for him. He wanted to go maybe back home to a higher level and play. But he decided to stay because he knew him and Jeremy Chin are friends. He knows that, obviously, no one's really as good as Jeremy Chin, but the options to get to the next level are here. He didn't know, honestly with COVID, if we were going to have a season or not. But he decided to come back, Noah, and hit or miss. But he, he did. He's a preseason All-American, and he was an All-American this past year, right? Yes. So what do you think about him? Obviously, Quay's been around. He's been here. He's a leader on that defense. He's a beast, as we know. We'll get to his stats here in a second. But what do you think about Quay? Uh, An obvious starter, as we said. League bound. Yeah. Big old aspirations for Quay. Uh, Some of his stats here. We know he loves to force the fumble. Uh, If I can get all of his stats here. I can't really get any specifics or any – he didn't have any interceptions. Tackling machine. Tackling machine. He had 30, only 32 solo tackles, 12 assisted tackles, so that's 44 total. Um, let's see here. Three pass defended. He forced four fumbles. That, I think – I know that for a fact. is the most in the FCS. We know that's what he likes to do. Sometimes we wish he would just straight tackle the guy. We know he can hit pretty hard. He likes to – Wrap up, let the guy get a little more yards while he's trying to strip. So we're we're hoping he just works on tackling this year to prevent from those long uh, runs from the other team. So Quay's an easy start. So let's move on here, Noah. This one's a little up in the air. We know one guy for sure is starting the guy who we thought should have been. And he was an All-American and a different people who were judging All-Americans. There was another one he was, but James Caesar, Noah. How crazy is it that he started here, left here, came back and became as good as he was.
1: Now he's cornerback one, right? That is correct. James is glad he we gave him the second opportunity to come back because he is a unbelievable player. he is a shutdown corner, no fly zone. he is obviously the number one corner with the uh, with jt Thompson. Maybe. For sure, yes, uh, but um, we have a lot behind him. We have a lot of interesting. We'll probably have some position battles. I know uh, didn't play a lot last year, but uh, PJ Jules is an option. for. We the, really like him. We're thinking that he's the guy. He's in this, he'll be in, with the COVID, he'll be a sophomore again. It's his, he'll be in his third year, but uh, we have a couple, we have four, five, or four freshmen coming in. One is a transfer who could put some uh, PJ in a position battle, and David Miller, he is a freshman coming in from Navy, so uh, that is another guy to add to the list, but uh, I know Roger Campbell came here as a corner, but he's moved to safety, so he's always an option. I guess he could go back as well. He had a hot start to the season. Kind of tailed off a little bit, but,
0: yeah, he, he's nice depth at both positions.
1: Yeah, then right. we have Chance Bush as depth, and I mentioned we have four freshmen coming
0: in. So, And notable Leviticus you no, know, a three-star. We're wondering if he might come in and play. Freshmen usually don't. True freshmen usually don't. But what do you think?
1: Has a chance. I know maybe some special teams or something to get him going. For sure. But uh, I know there's always that uh, f- you can play four games and still redshirt rule. So, But uh, as I say, James Caesar and P.J. Jules will probably be our corners. So obviously, we- obviously there will be some competition, but those two will be. Yeah, P.J. missed a lot of games this past year, or a couple games. I
0: think due to COVID reasons. Yeah, I remember he was tweeting about it all the time, and he was itching to get back on the field. He ended up getting back on the field. I'm pretty sure he had a pass breakup that led to an interception, or he had the interception. Not sure. He had a big play, though, one of these games. I wanted to go over fast real quick how good James Couser was this year and in this COVID year. He's a first-team All-American by the AFCA, first-team All-Missouri Valley, led the nation and set a school record with 14 pass breakups. That's about as locked down as you can get. He played in the 9 of the 10 and started the last eight games. Uh, had a season-high 11 tackles for Southeast Louisiana in that crazy game, including a half sack, and recorded two or more pass breakups in five games, including a season-best three at Youngstown State. So, as we know, I mean, we were expecting big things from J.T. Thompson, and I'm sure he was expecting them from himself, too. We did not think James was going to be this good. We honestly, yeah, we didn't think he was going to start. And like I said, he only started the last eight of the ten, and he only played in nine of the ten. So, he he just came out of nowhere and – has those aspirations for the next level and showed out and knew that coming back here that he had to prove himself. And he definitely did, Noah. Moving on now, Noah, let's get to arguably our, let would say our heart and soul. We mentioned two that we know will be starting that uh, did not make the top 25 linebackers list. Uh, we know for a fact, Noah, that Bryce tree and uh, Bryson Strong will be starting. We're thinking the 3-4 defense, which is what we've been for a long time. So those guys, Noah. What are you saying?
1: Yeah, those two are notable. that uh, make the list, but they're... Besides injuries happening, they're guaranteed to start at inside. At Mike linebacker and weak side linebacker, Bryson will be your Mike, and Bryce will probably be your weak. And our strong side is where the competition comes in, but Colby Coleman coming from Bowling Green is the guy you have to look at there, so... I know. We had a little disagreements
0: on that, right? Who do you think? Because we know the guy you're going to say is Mikel Calhoun. He's been solid in his career, solid this past year. He's also a tackling the machine. What do you think?
1: Well, oh. um, I didn't mention his name earlier while we were discussing, but looking at the roster, yeah, he's not on the roster. Mikel Calhoun is not on the roster. Are you sure? Because I feel like I looked. I am positive I'm looking at the roster right now.
0: Geez. I see him over right here. Twenty twenty one football roster. kale Am My blind. Not sure. There's a lot of C's. As we know, Colby Coleman's also a C in there.
1: Let's go. What's his position on there?
0: Outside linebacker.
1: Oh, Harris, Yeah, right there. He's on the outside. See, I have it. I have it sorted by position, so there's a, it's the outside linebackers. Oh, we're both looking at different. You're looking at the wrong thing. No, I'm, I, I'm the on the roster, but I sorted it by it sorts them in each oh. position group. So oh. he's in the outside linebackers. That's the guy I mentioned. He started for us last year at strong side linebacker. I just felt like he would get them, but with Colby coming in, then you we 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 have depth at the position. I know we have. Bryce and Bryson on the inside right there. Then Colby can play either one, I'm sure. Then we have come in last year, Tim Johns, transfer from Purdue. That is a Big Ten oh, yeah. player right there. I don't think he played much last year, but uh He has the talent to get there. He came from the Big Ten, so obviously. Then we have Zach Barola. that's coming in from Riverside City College. That's another guy. We're pretty deep. Then we have your guy, Lewis Wilbert. Coming in from Memphis, Tennessee. Then we have another guy, uh, Kanishi Chandler, another freshman. Then Shane Roth, another freshman. We added late in the process, I think. And then we have uh, Matt Brennison from Powerhouse of Sacred Heart Griffin. Then we have Keenan Abed from right. another guy. So another guy's been there done that. Yeah, speaking,
0: yeah. Mikhail is the guy
1: who's been there done that. Some notable stuff on him. You can definitely. So, uh, Depending on the – probably I'd say you could slide in Colby because I know he's a transfer coming in from the FBS level, so you probably slide him in there. But depending on the type of scheme you're running, it could be him or Michael.
0: Yeah, we're a big hockey sub defense, especially on the front seven. Some things on Mike, Michael, you could definitely make a case. I just think because we know the top two are going to play Colby Coleman, like we said, and if Nick's saying he's impactful so far, he came to mind and he's been working A guy at that level that's coming in here to dominate. I think in his only season here, there's a reason why he came here, but Mike, he played in nine of the 10 games and made eight of those starts, ranked seventh on the team with 33 tackles and third in tackles for loss of five. He tied for the team lead with two sacks. So not a whole lot of sacks we got this season little injury and just uh, whatever the word would be on our uh, high expectations that they didn't live up to expectations, that defensive line. He had sat, those sacks in Youngstown and Southeast Louisiana and had a season-best seven tackles in the playoff game at Weaver State. I do remember hearing his name a lot on the radio when we were working and listening to it. So, But we know he's, he's a great fourth linebacker because, I mean – like we said, we're going to do a 3 4 defense like we always have. So the other guys are going to start. Um, yeah, whichever way you want to do the 3 4. Three linebackers, four defensive linemen. So we so yeah, Colby, Bryson, and Bryce with Mikel right in the wings. And who would you say is right there with You, you read them all. But who do you think? Maybe not some freshmen, but who else do you think? You said the Purdue.
1: Tim Johns.
0: Tim Johns. He's in there. Besides some freshmen, who other like – Keenan Abed won't be one. Uh, Liza, Potentially we know, we Zach
1: Barola from Riverside City College. Okay.
0: As we know, we lost Luke Gaglin, Cody
1: Kreider. Uh, Matt Bernison's in there. So, yeah. We got some good depth
0: pieces. For sure. So, those are our three starters. So, there's our first however many that is seven. So, now well, let's get to – uh, the defensive line, the one that we the need boys. more consistency from. Stay healthy, is, please. Without a doubt. No, let's go ahead and start with the two edge rushers, as we know, are going to start, guys that have been there done that. And one of those is one of the best. I'm not sure where he is now in the rankings for sacks. But oh, Anthony Knight had a down year this past season, barely hurt his Battle name injury. in some of these games. Battled injuries. There's the reason why. Anthony Knight, Noah, when he's healthy, is, I mean – as soon as he does defensive line on his top twenty-five, we're thinking Anthony Knight will be on there. I mean, what else is there to say about Anthony Nolan when he's healthy? Scary.
1: The only way to Very play. Very scary. Um, okay. If he stays healthy this year, I will put money on it right now that he'll break the all-time sack sack record. And that was crazy. He's been hurt so much the last couple of years that he's been that close to breaking it. That
0: here he is. That's kind of crazy. So let me. What, what kind of season, Anthony? Like we say, it was kind of a lackluster season for the all-time player. He started all 10 games. That's what that's what he tells you. He was dealing with an injury. But he led all of SIU's defensive line with 35 tackles, including a season-high eight and a sack at Youngstown. Second on the team in tackles for loss with five and a half battles. Batted down two passes, had a sack, and two QB hurries. So it's really a solid season, but not up to his level, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So we know Anthony starting on one side, and the other side, a guy's been done that from our backyard, Chester, Illinois. Guy I had classes with in my time there. He's in. He's in his sixth year, it seems like. He's still there, putting up numbers. He honestly gets better as he gets older, and his more time there, Noah Jordan burner.
1: That is correct. Moving back to his normal position, he moved inside last year because of injuries, which. He's going to get more comfortable, and our defensive line is going to be nasty this year.
0: He's a heck of a player. I mean, he really always has. But I remember when I – because I went to John A, but I got to SIU in 2017. He arrived shortly after that. I remember him playing almost right away, it seemed like. I mean, he was I – mean, he's been spectacular his whole career. Let's run down his. He played in all five, but he only, all 10, he only started in five. So wouldn't you say Chucky, probably took those other starts? Him or Raekwon. Him or Raekwon Lindsey. He led the team with four sacks and eight tackles for loss, all coming in the team's final five games. Wow. Moved inside, as you mentioned, a defensive tackle in game seven at Missouri State and recorded 20 of his 27 tackles in the final four games. Had three sacks at Missouri State. Wow, including a strip sack. As we said, he gets he gets better at, with age, and he had to switch his position, something he's not really used to, even though he's got the size for it. And he made plays,
1: Noah. Yeah, I remember um, I had a – I had a friend who was teammates with our Johnson City guy, Nico Galdoni. I remember going to see Chester played at Johnson City. I could just see this kid across the field. He lined up at tight end, and he lined up on the defensive line. I'm just like, who is this kid? Because he's 6'5", 250. I'm just like, who is this kid in Chester? What are they breeding, feeding kids up there? I'm just like, good Lord. And he ends up at SIU and becomes a great player.
0: Honestly, if he has a really great season, he could be on the all-time ranks as well. A lot of these guys, a lot of these guys have something to prove in their final season of college uh, football. Noah, what would you say now, those are the two ends. We'll get to the interior guys. Let's talk about some more defensive ends behind them. As we know, there's the Rayquan. hockey subs, Rayquan Lindsay is probably the, the number one guy off the bench, the third best defensive end on the roster, wouldn't say.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of depth there. We have a... Uh... Bringing in Manny Jackson. He's a 6'3", 250-pound freshman from Brownsburg High School. I don't know where that's at. It just says Brownsburg High School. But uh, Nate Thurman's also there. He's he's out of St. Louis, Missouri. So that is all we have on the defensive line. Or we have uh, Caden Reeves can play defensive line as well, either or. Then we have a couple other guys that can play Richie Haggerty is a name to watch out for, transfer from Miami, Ohio. He'll probably be on the other side of Raquan because our defensive tackles are just – we have a lot of depth at that position.
0: Without a doubt, and we mentioned versatility. You know, a lot of these – Jordan might end up having – or, you know, know, we mentioned his versatility might have to be a lot more. We know Quay can line up on the edge. You know, a lot of – we got a lot of defensive backs that could also do that as well. Uh, So – Rayquat Lindsay comes to mind, and you mentioned the depths. Not really fully there, so we'll have to have a lot of versatility this season. Now no, let's get to the trenches. Uh let's let's mention a guy who hopefully he comes back healthy. We don't know his status on his injuries, but Noah Jawan Blankenship. Got hurt. Honestly, I I think that he would have been that big of a difference at the end of the season with uh stopping the run and rushing the pass or that. Could have been the difference in, like, South Dakota State games. Jawan Blankett should know. If he's healthy, he's in there,
1: right? That is correct. We uh, He makes a huge difference stopping that run up the middle. Uh, before him was Malik Haynes. He was that bar big big guy up nose tackle the middle too. leader. Uh, once we lost Malik, we were like, well, who's going to fill that role? And when Jawan transferred from Tulsa, we were like, here we go. But he got injured last year, missed some games, and missed the – Last part of the season. And our defense up the middle, Rook, really, that's when uh, Burner had to move inside when that really happened. So, But this year, if you're looking at it, you have Juwan Blankenship, will probably, if he's healthy, he's going to start. Then your other D tackle will probably be newly transferred. Kevin Glacian was a player year of his conference. He's coming from um, San Diego. He's a 6'2, 274 pound line defensive tackle coming in. He was player of the year of Wisconsin. He was all American. So he will probably step in as he's a transfer on his last year coming into play for us. But behind those two, you go to Keenan, Keenan Agnew. He'll be one of your first another guys. Guy who's been there, done
0: that, have off season this past year, but maybe he'll bounce back.
1: He will be back. But behind them, you have guys that are going to have a lot of opportunities As I mentioned, Richie Haggerty can do both. Uh, Cam Bowdry's coming in from UT Martin. He's a transfer. Tylan Driver, as you saw, he stepped up this year before he got hurt. Then you have guys like Josh Josh. Or D. Foxworth, I didn't even mention him. He will probably be your, He's coming from Buffalo, so that's another, another guy, guy who's
0: got like one year left. Yeah. and he's going to make the most yeah. of so it. So
1: we have guys that are ready to play, but guys behind them. We have Caden Reeves coming in. He's a freshman. His brother Peyton is on the team. He's both of them are D linemen, so those guys will be battling and getting those guys ready for position. We have Dante Cleveland who stepped up. He came from central Missouri. This is his final year, so he's ready to play. We have a lot of other freshmen and some sophomores that will be battling for spots on this team, but we have so much depth. You can see the transfers we brought in that they made it a known. They made it a known fact that what happened last year is not going to happen this year. We exactly. we weren't very deep last year. Injuries happened. We brought in guys. They got hurt too and we had to slide guys in out of position. But if we stay healthy, this defense is good. I mean, we did work. say
0: that last year. And injuries got in the way and you know, we couldn't really stop the run. We had a lot of we couldn't really tackle. Tackling was a big thing with our defense last year. When you take away JT and Chucky, veterans, that'll be tough. But like we said, other high expectations season for defense one thing about Kevin glatian is he was second team all-american as we said pioneer football when you're defensive player of the year in a conference that's pretty noteworthy and when you leave and you go to a place like this he was a late addition to a couple weeks ago so he's already coming in here and I think he's going to start we might agree would you say we have our edge rushers we agree on we agree on every position on the field uh, would you say Glacian's is going to come in here and start? Absolutely. Okay, and then if Jawan Blankenship's healthy, he starts too, correct?
1: Yeah, well, uh, like we said, hockey subs we can do. Your first four will probably be if healthy night and Glacian Blankenship burner. Your second set is Lindsey, Rico, and Lindsey Agnew. Agnew on the on the two ends. Highlander. Or... Then in the D middle, Foxworth. you have D Foxworth. Yeah. You have and then. Probably somebody else, maybe maybe Colby can be on the edge too. You never know. Like I said, a lot of first time. Thailand driver Dante Cleveland, guys that are ready or ready to battle for spots. Richie Haggerty, Cam Bowdry's coming in. As I mentioned, um, it's Dante Cleveland's last year, so he can make a pressure for that spot. So hockey subs this year, as we know, we've seen it last couple of years. We like to do that. So. Uh, that's why on uh, I believe Burners Burners has said he started five games. We we sub in, in and out. We keep our guys fresh. So knowing we have eight to twelve guys we can rotate on the line, that's just gonna know we know in the fourth quarters our guys are a lot fresher than the other teams guys probably, so we'll be ready to get after the quarterback. No doubt. And Galation
0: looking at his stats here at eleven and a half career sacks from sixteen to twenty at San Diego. Just a all around guy. Can't wait to watch him play really. And we mentioned the depth and the expectations of the interior guys because we know how important it was to, you know, we didn't really get to the quarterback all that well or defend the run. So we're hoping that this is the season that begins, you know, that trend in the right direction in that sense. So, Noah, that's it. We did spend a lot of time there on the defense. Now let's go over to the offense. Let's start with the other trenches, the offensive line. No, we have an idea – might be the same starters minus one, season. minus one guy. So let's go over that real fast, and then some depth potential. Let's go over left tackle. Bo Brandon will be there once again, right?
1: Yes, he will. That is a guaranteed starter. Only a sophomore. So yeah, coming out of Decatur, Illinois. So we got him next. He's got a quality job. Oh, absolutely. He's been really. I'd accurate. say the one time he didn't was the first
0: game, which the jitters itself. When Correa was getting sacked a lot, the whole line didn't really do great that game. But
1: he's the guy left tackle. Left guard, as we know. Xavion Furcon, our team leader, our heart and soul of the team. I can't I can't wait to
0: watch what he can do in his final season. Like we said, everything he's gone through and everything, his hype around him cannot wait. Center, as we mentioned him earlier when he was working out, he posted on his Twitter, Noah Calvin Francis will be the starting center again.
1: That is probably correct, even though he's listed as a guard on the website, but he moved over last year, I believe so. But that'll—I'm sure he'll be our center. That's what I have too. Other centers on the team would be incoming freshman Ethan Tyler and Jimmy Wormsley.
0: Wormsley, as we know, has been there for a while and has
1: started, if need be. So we know he's there. We got a lot of depth on the line, so that's good as well. For sure, right guard. Roy Gar will be, as we know, Chim- Matt Chemileski, who went down with injury. And is done with football. It is done with his football career. So Chase Evans, I believe, will step in for him. Could be some position battles there. Then uh, right tackle will be Lucas Davis. Guys, like we said, that end of the season starting, and that we're thinking
0: they have no reason to, especially get pushed by maybe a transfer. Really no freshman, probably, that that's going to be the first or the front five. Once again, uh, quickly quarterback. Well, quickly quarterback, we actually have maybe some year. Stone, we think, is the guy for what he did, right?
1: He deserves he to, to be that. named it going into this offseason, yes. Without a doubt. We're thinking that's still the case. As we mentioned, he might not
0: be a great practice player. That's why he gets worked at. He was the starter two years ago before he got hurt. Corre burst on the scene. Corre got hurt. Nick Baker burst on the scene, got hurt, and Stone did what he did. So we're thinking they're going to reward him with the starting spot, Noah. There is one guy, though, in mind, newly coming in, and we think in battle for that starting spot, right?
1: I say there's maybe two, but the main guy is Michael Lindenauer, transfer from Cincinnati. Uh, previously mentioned on our podcast when we first got him, He, as a senior in high school, he was originally committed here, but then Cincinnati went on to offer him, and he decided to go there. So now he is back. He is originally from Evansville, Indiana. It's Stone's job as of right now, but Stone Norton as well from FIU coming in. Him, Lindenauer, Nick Baker, uh, if he's getting back to healthy, he could push for the job as well. Right. only we know, thing that worries yeah. me is Stone last year was in a position battle with Nick Baker for the backup job behind Correa. He did not win that job. Obviously, we're not there to see it. He could just be a bad. As we know, we see him play when he when the level of the game gets there. He just makes it. He makes. He becomes even better once the game goes on. So it's his job as right now. But obviously, as we know, the team, the team's overall morale won't change. Whoever it is, we're here to win. That's all the team probably cares about. I know. That's Stone. He's a professional. He, if starting four-string, he, he'll he be there for the team, knowing how great of a guy he is and team leader he is no matter what. So, as of right now, we're going to go with Stone, but pushing right behind him are the other three quarterbacks, plus we got four more behind those guys. Yeah, a lot of freshmen coming in, and then the one we gained today will come
0: in next year. So, I think, when you say the top three would be – I wouldn't, if we were to put them in order, we're thinking Stone, Lindenauer, and Baker. It's hard to say Nick Baker would be third string again, or he was second string, but go to third string, and injury would ruin that for him with Lindenauer coming in. Would you say it goes Stone, Lindenauer, Baker? That seems like the top three to me.
1: To me, it's Stone, Lindenauer, Stone. Oh, Stone Norton over Nick Baker? Yes. Could happen. As we mentioned,
0: Lindenauer, though, he he's sat behind Desmond Ritter, potential Heisman candidate, this upcoming year and was really good this past season. So he maybe he's learned a lot. And he can carry that over. We'll see. He didn't have much this past season or season before that. So it's interesting. So it's Stone and everybody else, whatever the... There will be injuries. Stone can be, as we know, Stone's style of play can get him hurt potentially. So it'll be interesting, man. I can't wait to see how these things turn out. This is just what we think personally. So those are our top three or four. We we mentioned Hunter Simmons, Jacob Foss coming in as well. So those we guys still have the
1: Zebrowski and
0: Jalen DeVries. Yeah, the play callers over there. Really important guys. So now no, let's get into uh receiver. As we know, the top two, Avante Cox and Landon Lenore. Who, fill, who fills in behind those guys? We mentioned yeah, Isaiah Hartrup, who was our kicker turner this year. He's going to have a spot now there,
1: won't he? Potentially. Um, yeah, depending. I know they change. They put different receivers on the field depending on which play and stuff, they're, scheme they're running, but... Jerron Rollins was right oh, there for yeah, the he's the third spot. You have him, but you also we also seen down the stretch how big Branson Combs was for us, to move right. the sticks. He got that game winning touchdown at Weber State. So that just shows. I'm
0: gonna mention real fast, Isaiah Hartrip. he caught seven passes this year for hundred and eleven yards. So he's a big game guy, he had a sixty seven yard reception at Missouri State. And had made two catches in the playoff game at Weaver State. So, I mean, I I'd say he's who else we got? That's would you say he's fourth?
1: Fourth in line, or would you say Branson? And Branson I'd say like those there. are four A, four B type guys. They're just so close that we don't know. Then we have uh, just go another other receivers we have. We have Avante's brother Deontay, who right. didn't play very much last year at – if at all, I don't remember seeing him play, but he's coming in. We have him. Uh, speaking of uh, Zach Gibson, we talked about him earlier how he was originally committed to football and then was going to walk on basketball under Barry Henson until Barry resigned or Mucha agreed to step away. But he is under wide receiver now. Um, Instead of speaking of him, he played in two
0: games at Missouri State and at Weaver State. We don't recall. Garbage time. Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson. He played in two games this year. Don't recall.
1: Do not recall. Maybe special teams. But probably yeah. Probably. Well, but uh, we have f- back as a freshman because of COVID. Sean Larkin out of Naperville, He's there. Then um, we also yeah, sit out. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he he's back. We're some of the freshmen before? we got. He's a freshman. Then we still have we have those. We have the local guys still down there. We have Tate Johnson, Hunter Milligan, who have been there, done that for this team. Um, then some freshmen we got. We have uh, also Jason Jones is in the second year, but he's still a freshman because of COVID. Um, freshman coming in, Michael King out of Memphis, Tennessee. Michael King is
0: one. that came to mind, yeah.
1: Him coming in. We have uh, TJ Atkins is the other uh, – Dayton Mitchell also is another one to watch out for as freshmen. I know remembering uh, when these guys first signed on signing day, Nick was talking about them. He said the receivers we were signing, COVID really affected their recruiting and we got some steals coming in. So those guys are prepared to play if needed. Pretty,
0: pretty good depth at wide receiver, we should say. Now, no, I mean that's pretty set in stone. Let's get into one that we know different schemes. I mean, we're bringing in a new guy that we're thinking could start because of where he came from, good pass catcher. But because of the scheme we've we've had, other guys that have been here probably will make the cut. Over them, would you say, or do you think it's just a three way thing?
1: Tight end. I assume you're talking. Ty Stanley, yeah, tight end. Tight end. Uh, I think it's obviously Jacob Garrett's job because let nice go with the fullback
0: set. We have it. We could go with the, the style of the fullback set. We can have yeah, that. We can pass catcher.
1: Obviously, Cole Stewart's been there, done that. Uh, John Vollmer's coming in. As he'll, he's been there. He's his second year, but he's a freshman. Um, Jalen Bros, Brosevich, he's a freshman oh, coming yeah. in. And uh, that is so... Let me get this right. So, looking at the roster, not not listed. Uh, I do not know. Didn't know he departed. Is Levi Mitchell? He played a little bit last year as a pass catching tight end. I do not see him on here.
0: Really? Let me look at Mark. Cause he caught that. Uh...
1: He played a little bit as a pass. He's more the. He was the more pass catching tight end.
0: Yeah, I don't see him either. I see a Dayton Mitchell. I don't see a Levi Mitchell.
1: Yep. Wow. So we've not we seen that. Let me go to his Twitter. Haven't seen anything on that. But Cole Stewart, Cole Stewart and uh, Jacob Garrett are more of the blockers. We know Cole caught a touchdown on a fake field goal attempt. Yeah. Tice is 6'4", 240. He can do both. So that's he's coming from Memphis. So, yeah. Like, we have great depth at the tight end position as well.
0: Great to see. So a lot of options will be there for whoever does play quarterback, taking it stone. So Noah, now let's go through arguably our deepest, maybe besides our top two wide right receivers, this might be our best position offensively, the running back position. That is correct. Um, Javon Williams, twelfth ranked according to what's his name. We know he's a top ten running back in the FCS. When he's healthy, he is RB one, wouldn't you say? Well, the fact that he can do everything, but.
1: Yeah, he would – we're going to – you're going to see a lot of guys take handoffs, do whatever this year, whether it is Javon. Well, he can throw the ball too. So, Javon, you have Ramir. I know coming in last year Ram- with Javon battling injury, Ramir was the lead lead back starting out in the spring season. Then you – Justin Strong came on. You have Pop Jones coming in as his – Which we like, we really like coming to Yeah, he waited a year, might be his time. It'll be his second year, but he's, because of COVID, he's a freshman as well. But the guy, Nick Hill, even mentioned him coming in from Western Carolina, Donovan Spencer, is a game changer. Gadget guy. So we have four backs to use this year. But Javon's the guy. He Paul's always will be with, no matter who we have. With everything that he can
0: do. It's crazy how good Justin Strong was, especially coming from being a I remember he got he did not have a great game as a defensive back at Arkansas State years ago. So he made he made the switch to running back, and man, was he good this season in his first year. Um he's a game changer. Like I said, he arguably could have been on that top twenty-five list. That's how good he was. We know Romare's good. It's crazy. Donovan Spencer adds another thing, too, how deep that is. I mean, the best running back room in the FCS. You can make a case if you see everyone else in one of those top teams, but, man,
1: and like you said, Robert Jones sat a year. He's still behind in the depth chart, but, man, Noah. Then we have a guy from our backyard. It's good to see guys from our backyard. Uh, On the depth chart is Tony Williams from Sparta. He's coming in as well for a freshman. And he'll get to learn because we still got Javon for a while.
0: I mean, how many, these guys are still here. These, Donovan, besides Donovan, COVID to your side, our main three, they're still here for a while, correct? Correct. Which is great. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, we don't have to go through the stats for all those guys. We know how good they are. We just know it's the best. It's arguably the best position on our whole football team. running, They're running Because we know we're a running team. Even with, we had almost a 1,000-yard receiver and a 600-yard receiver, and we were known as arguably the best running, besides, I guess, South Dakota State, best running team in the FCS. Cannot wait to see that unfold again. Like we said, we'll be able to make the first three games of the season, perhaps. Amazing. Going through this entire depth chart, we know, have an idea. We could be wrong, obviously, and we'll see. As they post, because they will post a depth chart, I believe,
1: Yeah, they uh, before the season. they post a 2D depth chart, so.
0: We'll be able to see that. Cannot wait to see it. Um, well, especially because they'll get into some games against each other at some point soon, right? I think that's when we might see one. I just remember at the FBS level, that's what they do. Whenever they start playing each other, per se, that's when they start to bring-
1: to unveil usually to those us. are usually those are spring games, but right. COVID and everything. I doubt anybody has them, but they'll, they'll have some scrimmages, I'm sure. So Todd, usually I see Todd posted too deep or something, yeah. so he'll be the one to have that. We'll make sure to retweet it, and we'll when once we get it, we'll discuss it.
0: Exactly, and we're going to see how accurate we are because we have an idea. There's a lot of mainstays in this, but a lot of new guys to fill in here that we think could start. So we'll see how accurate we are when that does come out. Because um, like we said, September 2nd at SEMO, Thursday night. 6.30 p.m. 6.30 p.m. Cape
1: Girardeau, Missouri, be there. We always
0: love going to that Coliseum-style stadium that SEMO's got. We haven't been there a well, while. Noah went a couple years ago when I wasn't able to. We've been before, though, in the last four years. We can't wait to get back there and see that. Always competitive games. You know, maybe a hostile environment. Going
1: to keep the wheel in
0: Carmendale. That's right. And as the season gets closer to that game, specifically along with any other news that might come about, like we said, football's ever-changing with recruits or anything. As we know, that now that we know though, what time the games are for home uh, and a lot of uh, statuses within the team, we're pretty set at coaching staff now, as we know, and – uh, we cannot wait to get this going. Just like basketball, we cannot wait because we're thinking these will be just amazing years that we'll look back on and the history of these programs to know how good SLU was. This could already be the best time for football and basketball ever. So especially with football, where they're expanding the playoffs back. We have a better chance to get in, but we know we got to prove it. So another great long podcast here because we had a lot of detailed stuff we wanted to get to and uh, really enjoyed it. And as we say all the time, we never know when our next pod will be, but since the season's close, we'll be sure to get one at least once a week, hopefully with more and more news. The Nick Hill one with the extension because we had talked about it before that that came about. That is huge news. It's our leader. It's, a you know, Nick, he deserves everything he gets here, and that extension's really, really uh, worth it and deserving.
1: Yep. Right. Yep. To run down the schedule one more time before we – Get off here. We have at Semo 6:30 p.m. on a Thursday, September 2nd. Uh, September 11th is the big one, 6 p.m. at Kansas State in Manhattan. It does say they are on ESPN Plus, but it also says Big 12, big 12
0: network. Yeah.
1: So I do not know how that goes, but two road games, two home games. September 18th date and 6 p.m. We will be there uh, September 25th is the next Saturday, 2 p.m. Illinois State Redbirds are coming into town. Two road games, two home games, two road games. We go. Well, it looks like we flop uh, at Western Illinois October 2nd, 3 p.m. October 9th at South Dakota State. Another chance to get some redemption on the Jackrabbits. Uh, be the revenge,
0: because we should have won that last
1: game. Yep, coming back for homecoming on the 16th. North Dakota's coming first trip in a while. It's maybe ever to Carbondale. Uh, you know, we always want quality senior night games, senior day games, and that will be one for sure. That's homecoming, not
0: senior day. For what I say? I said that, okay,
1: homecoming. Yeah. We always want quality home. Then uh, October 8th or October 30th, Saturday 4 p.m. at Northern Iowa. Then uh, November 6th, Military Appreciation Day versus Missouri State, get revenge after them knocking us off last year. Uh, Then we go when we went a couple years ago at Indiana State, November 13th. That was a fun game. We'll make that one again. What time will it be? 12 p.m., yep. Won't be there, sorry. Uh, Then November 20th, Senior Day. Here's your Senior Day. Youngstown State Penguins coming to town, 12 p.m.
0: Not wait. It's right around the corner, Noah. Less than two months now away. We'll be sure to get pods out until then hoping if we were to estimate in the next we don't know what kind of content there'll be around maybe five more up until the first game potentially
1: depending on if you if you listeners continue to feed us content or we obviously content creates itself when news breaks obviously when we figure find out the information the actual information on Nick Hill's extension we will discuss that probably and more i'm sure these people have been active in our dms trying to get some mail back questions to us and we appreciate that so keep them coming don't be afraid if you want to comment on our one once we post our link you want to dm us don't be afraid football basketball either one follow us retweet us like us uh be sure to do follow us on spotify whatever you follow us rate us five stars it's a cute little thing. I listen to Bustin with the Boys to help our numbers. If you subscribe to us, unsubscribe and resubscribe, it's just a numbers thing, analytics saying It helps our numbers. It doesn't really matter. But they they like to make fun of that. But uh, So, yeah, rate us five stars, whatever you want to do. Keep mailbags coming, and that's all I got.
0: Yeah, especially because you mentioned the mailbags. We'll try to come up with our own topics as well. Because what we, what we covered today with the depth chart is kind of almost – of the utmost topic-wise for the team outside of recruits or anything. Uh, but like, like we said, once we get that final depth chart unveiled, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, so, I mean, unless we come up with our own, obviously, which we will, it'll be a lot of – it won't be as long as this. So if, if you've made it this far and are able to listen to what we're saying right now, we really appreciate it because this has been our longest one yet. A lot of great because we love doing this. We want to go as far as we can. Hopefully, you guys stick with us on this one. You got anything else? No.
1: Oh, I just seen this. Going back to Kansas State, they are back. They said uh, their AD says their football team is nearly eighty percent fully vaccinated. Wow. So.
0: And we don't know the update on uh, SIU's team.
1: And it says they're striving to have eighty-five to ninety percent vaccinated before the season. Okay. That's
0: good. Even though we'll like hear that. as
1: we've seen lately vaccination doesn't always mean doesn't mean positive tests, but that is a great move for that program, so hopefully obviously we're not going to force anybody to, but make that decision to get vaccinated.
0: Right, and just talking about that game in general, for that reason, but if, for the fact that we can knock them off, man, imagine what that'll be like. As we know, Kansas State, we've talked about it, football program, okay, we've known it as being a basketball program, still a huge game, and that's like you said, we've we've gotten the chance for Wisconsin's that have gotten canceled. So this is our big break right here. Outside of the teams we'll play in our conference, this is the biggest one. Of all, and I'm so glad we're able we will be able to make it. Because um, if we win, if we win the wheel and then go at Kansas State and win to set our season up, I mean, there's really nothing else to say of how great of a season, how great of a resume builder that could be for us.
1: I just looked it up. Uh... Just to wrap it up here, real quick. Kansas State was picked seventh in the Big Twelve. We were going to get to that at some point. I mentioned that. Wow, okay. So I because looked it, at who's, who's the team to beat in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma. Oklahoma hands down. Iowa State's good. Iowa State. Uh, Texas now has Sark, so okay. they're on the rise. But Oklahoma State uh, last was Kansas, so
0: they're going through their own issues right now. So as we said, hopefully this was a good pod. for everybody. Got, we got the information we needed out. Like Noah mentioned everything with the DMs and turn on their tweet notifications for anything we say. Um, hopefully we keep getting some more fans and more love on our tweets because we do put a lot of effort in a lot of this, but we know, you know, we just love to do it. So, you know, whatever if people listen to it or not, we obviously want that, but we just love doing it in general. So like this pod, hopefully people stick around for how long it is. So this is this, Wraps up episode six of football. We have a we have two more for basketball just because, you know, I feel like we're more, I'm not going to say we're more involved. We just, it's kind of, I don't know how to really put it, why we have two more basketball. Because I think the idea in general, we had it mainly for basketball. Football came in the picture. More news has came out
1: More for news. Yeah, especially since its season is about two months after football. Starts. As we get going here, I'm sure we'll catch up real quick, like, because it looks like as we saw this year, 2022 were classes speeding up right. for recruiting, so we'll a lot more news on that. So we'll keep you updated as we go along. As like we said, turn on the tweet notifications.
0: We've talked enough as it is for this one, so we'll let everybody go. Thanks for joining us again if you've lasted this long. In, ep- in Episode 6 of the Dogs Football Podcast, my name is Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, until next time, go Dogs.